Bless up for tuning in to Project Cheney. Magic happens when you question everything. Conspirituality becomes reality, weirdness is welcomed, and it's okay to change your mind. Big up yourself. Big up yourself. Welcome to another episode of Project Cheney. Hi, you guys. As always, I'm Cheney. And I am going to get into a few tricky topics today. One, it's tricky because all of us have these huge identity politics we like to play in. And we don't realize that the powers that be know this of us. And so they're constantly putting one thing ahead of us to make sure they're always keeping us on the path of these two polarities. And the other one is suicide. And I've debated what order to tell you these. My uh, sensitive scorpion has been like, oh, flame torch the room and then ended as a, you know, like a sad little victim. And I don't think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to try to navigate through the words of the most sensitive of the subjects and then just prattle off like I do all this sheet of paper that looks more schizophrenic than any other sheet of paper I've ever done for the show. So um, I've also tried to figure out how I was going to find the words to talk about this with keeping certain people's privacy in my life. So... Yeah, take that for what it is. Maybe there'll be a time that you know more. Maybe some of you out there do know more. And uh, since I talked to you last, someone close to my family committed suicide. And uh, yeah. Not that there's untragic ways to commit suicide, but it just seems kind of tragic. Maybe not. Um, it wasn't like it was the best person. It wasn't like it was the closest person to me. But I guess we have all the questions of those last moments for them and what was going through their brain. And the last two years of all kind of getting pushed to our fear brinks, to our helpless brinks 
to our most alone brinks. It's just sad. And that's one way that my head thinks about it. And you know, I'm the world's biggest contrarian. (laughs) And it also seems like somewhere the most amount of control, the most amount of your decision being just about you you know the first instinct is you want to be like what the fuck this is so fucking selfish who does this (laughs) and then it's like the lie of how close they're trying to make us all teeter on this and we have these like synchronicities these intuitions that tell us things and when to reach out to people when to get close when to push away I don't know I know it's something a lot of you out there have had to deal with. And it's so raw. And just so many questions, you know. (sighs) So that's... I don't know how much I want to actually speak on the topic at hand for myself personally. But if you're out there and you're sad as fuck and you're feeling desperate or alone or helpless or guilty or shameful or prideful or sick, There's people in your life that love you. And we're all in these selfish cycles where we all think our problems are the biggest problems. Our traumas are the biggest traumas. Our voice needs to fucking be heard. And I just sometimes think to make it less about you. Find empathy instead of sympathy like it couldn't be you. If you're not somebody that relates to this, if you're somebody that does, you know, reach out to somebody. Reach out to me. There's somebody out there who relates to what you're going through. And I think 
that's part of the reason why we have to heal aloud so that the people that are suffering know that we all hurt too. This has been the craziest of all my years of life. The last 700 days, that used to be 100 days, that used to be 300 days, and it'll probably be 1,000 days. But we are all in this together. None of us is alone. And we all relate way, way, way more than we disagree. And the powers that be and the idols they've picked for us, they want to divide us by all these things, all these petty, meaningless things. They want to constantly camp us off. They want to give us words, black and white and anti-vax and vax and uh, it's like Republican, Democrat, Christian, Jew. They pick all these labels for us to divide us, divide us, divide us, divide us. We can't even enjoy our family anymore. Friends have been cut off from friends. They're trying to cut a country off from a country. They are trying to push us into secession. They are trying to push us into war. They are trying to push us into scarcity. And they're dividing us and fragmenting us and making us take such strong stances and things that we're cutting off real love from our life to dictate or to follow dictation of the news or social media. It's so obvious to me on some points And it's so easy for me to see. And I should give you guys a little more grace with this because I have been killing my idols for a long time. And the people I have hero worshipped are not righteous people. All this being said, there's music in my life that reminds me of better times and reminds me of people that are no longer here. And there's art I see and it makes me forget I'm even human. And there's movies I watch and they take these fantastical ideas 
and put it into just awe. And if we let them, they will camp all of our ideas and they will make us hate all the art. That is who we were. They will make us burn the books and light the library of Alexandria on fire. That's their goal. And it's not because anyone's fucking message matters more than the other and we all think we're on this team. It's a spiritual war. They having they have us arguing about vaccines when we're taking part in the ritual of masks and sticking PCR tests up our nose. They're always making us argue about the one thing ahead of it. I want to tell you guys right now, hold your fucking line. If these truckers are really going out there in the dead of winter, don't let the TV convince you they're domestic terrorists by this time next year. If we're in the end game, you know, it's World War III before it's Blue Beam. If we're talking about Illuminati cards and all the chess pieces and dictating us by our nose like a bunch of cattle, we're close to the end game. We got Russia and Ukraine. We got Kim Jong Un, the character Kim Jong Un, shoot missiles into the ocean. Elon Musk's lighting up a rocket every day. There's been more satellites that have gone up this week than I've ever seen in my whole life. What are they up to? They're going to take the Russian Space Center and crash it into the Pacific? What is this? This is crazy. This is crazy. I had somebody very lovely send me the biggest bag of gummy bears. I don't have them sitting right next to me. So uh, I'm going to hit my bowl. And I'm going to take a deep breath. And I'm going to thank you guys for sitting through that swamp and tears. And uh, little murking of my own waters. And if you are out there, and I haven't shared this with you, and you have shared some very difficult stuff with me this week, and you feel a way like bad because I was going through this and I didn't share it with you, I apologize. I'm working at being present for people and not, 601-ing them <laughs> you know so often in life you're like oh my gosh you guys I was just in a car accident today and someone's like I remember my bad car accident from a decade ago you know they just always have that bigger story and you're like I'm going through trauma right now can we just make this about me for one second um I just didn't want to do that to you 
So I love you and don't take it personal at all. I was just trying to be present and um, yeah, I actually was very appreciative to get to step out of my own chaos and trauma and step in to somebody else's divinity and grace. So, okay. Whew. Bumbaras pussy clap. Thank you guys for letting me have that space and um yeah. I uh it's a weird topic to move on from, but I'm gonna move on from it. <laughs> and uh I want to talk about other things, obviously, with suicide, but I feel like um, probably for the energy of today, I just want to leave it very, uh, I don't want to go into any esoterical or spiritual or conspiritual or all the other things that I think about it specifically but I do think there will be a time that I can um, from pharmaceutical to medical to industrial to <sighs> I mean really the MK Ultra of all of us speaking of the MK Ultra of all of us uh, Moonshot has been in the sphere of recent. I guess Biden's going to cure cancer with Moonshot. They're talking about at the same time that Elon Musk might have a SpaceX rocket that is headed toward the moon and might, uh, it's on a collision course with the moon, I guess. And there was something else. I think there was a movie coming out called Moonshot. I always just see these patterns in the zeitgeist and I just want to put that one out there. What are they up to with the moon? One of the idols, one of my first idols that I killed that it was heartbreaking for me to kill was Howard Stern. I grew up my whole life listening to this guy. And when he first, right at the same time that Janet Jackson, when Justin Timberlake rip, rip, <laughs> ripped her tit out for the world to see in a Super Bowl ritual, um, Howard Stern was getting into a fight with like the FCC and about to make his jump to Sirius satellite radio. Now Sirius is the very first version of these platforms, these Spotify's and um, these other kind of what started out. This is the difference of Sirius. Sirius it took the radio format and um, had a bazillion channels, hired all the talent in the world, uh, had the music play, kind of like radio. And at the same time, that's kind of bubbling up. You got Joe Rogans and Mark Marins and things like that bubbling up over here. And you have to be a very specific person at the beginning of podcasting to be able to podcast. It was not like it is now where you can just walk into Best Buy, get yourself a microphone and, you know, you can be on every platform in 30 minutes. Back then, it was tens of thousands of dollars for enough speed and space and uh, 
everything that you would need to even put a show on YouTube that the visual and audio ran clear. So we have these two guys in the field of these podcasting radio worlds that are two heroes of mine. My stand-up comic loves Howard Stern. I admire how quick-witted. If if you are a fan of stand-up comedy, um, there's something about being live on the radio and just playing off yourself and playing off the other people in the room in real time, the improv skills that it takes separate of a stand-up set. And a stand-up set, if you've never done it, is a really rehearsed kind of one-man show by the time you get to the end of it. Uh, the jokes you've said a thousand times before, you've dissected each word. If you're lucky, lucky, you have friends that are around you that are comedians or other funny people that they're like, don't say it that way, flip it, or use this word instead of that word, or um, scratch that joke from your set because it brings your audience down there and you want to keep them here. And um, Howard Stern was just like off the cuff, or so it seemed, you know, six hours, and he would just talk about his pasta chicken dinner and peeling the breading off of it and throwing it away and make this story interesting and he would uh, be so outlandish that he was leaning to the edges of perversity now looking back in this way we were all growing up with that same e-entertainment television that's selling people the Kardashian life it was the same one showing us the Howard Stern show when we were kids and you could find it on any cable USA and you were literally watching girls sit on the Sibian and get off to old men um, anyways the Howard Stern show was kind of impressed in all of our head over the years, he's gotten older and he's America's next top or America's Got Talent guy. And I, as I got more woke and more woke and more woke, I always thought, you know, I was dumb and naive. I'm like, this guy is on the outskirts. The FCC hates him. Look at what a cowboy, what a rebel. I'm a, I'm, I'm of course going to follow you to Sirius Radio. I'm totally going to pay for a once free service of radio on the public airwaves for a private platform and hook, line and sinker sold. Um, so for decades and decades, loved Howard Stern. I met a stand-up comic on the Howard Stern show called Joe Rogan a thousand years ago. No surprise <laughs> that it is this guy that he leads us all to podcasting and we all think that we're picking it for ourselves the same way as everyone's led to believe that Netflix is better than ABC or NBC. And so we all follow Joe Rogan over to podcasting and we're all asking questions at the time we're all reading crazy books we're all uh maybe listening to uh, scatterings of alex jones he's entering our zeitgeist and um and now chronologically obviously this is going to be a little off for me right now <laughs> but so joe rogan has this new podcast alex jones is doing his thing and Howard Stern, and everyone's unaware at how much radio they're taking in their ears. Howard Stern's talking about Joe Rogan every day and kind of doing feuds with them. Joe Rogan and Ari Shafir are kind of doing feuds with Howard. It's WWE back then. It creates the whole thing. So now all Howard's fans are all going to listen to Joe. All Joe's fans are all going to listen to Howard. And it keeps this, they both work for the CIA as far as I'm concerned, or whatever government ops you want to say. And um, <laughs> I 
see a lot of people stick up for Joe Rogan because he says a lot of truths. And I think that's great. But I am from a world that Neil deGrasse Tyson, the reason you all know that name is because Joe Rogan was the first to have him on. And the reason that you guys were all comfortable getting PCR tested is because Joe Rogan was getting the PCR test every day. And he was pretending he was all anti-big tech. All meanwhile, when Jack Dorsey was on his show, he all but had Jack Dorsey's dick in his mouth. And then we find out later that Jack Dorsey was actually a sponsor of the Joe Rogan podcast. And we, I, I wonder how many of you know that now. And everyone's like, well, Joe Rogan's free now. He's with Spotify. Is that free? Is that Spike TV-ify? To me, it's very easy to see the angle of the alpha brain. It's very easy to see how Joe Rogan turned away from asking questions and questioning anything to being this very key player to anyone who was about to free think. Joe Rogan could cut them off before they get there. He could mock people asking questions and keep the fray all in line. He could have people like Alex Jones on to mock him and get drunk and then talk about a bunch of real truths to make it look ridiculous. He could repeat over and over again how Sandy Hook, how, how horrible is it, is it that Alex Jones even questioned Sandy Hook? He can flip on 9-11 and say, I, you know, after re-looking at it, that's what I think happened. Joe Rogan is still the guy that led the election night. Joe Rogan is the Trojan horse. How many, we can all agree, that the number one show on Spotify, the most, probably the reason most of you even have Spotify is Joe Rogan. He was the number one watch show on YouTube. How many of you got shadow banned off YouTube? How many of you got your accounts deleted off YouTube? Joe Rogan never did. He liked to make a big deal about how, how hard it was to get that Alex Jones interview up. You guys, how many of you watched it live every single time Alex Jones was on, on YouTube without a problem? And then it cut out midstream, came right back on. You can watch the whole thing. It's all a charade. It's all a charade. Everybody thinks... This guy literally has more testosterone shoving into his body than a trans man. Why is that any different? Why is that any different? They've made this whole new word of testosterone depletion. Are you guys really looking at that skin of Joe Rogan? The organs of Joe Rogan under his rib cage, and you're telling me that's a healthy person? He's as synthetic as Pam Anderson. But everybody worships Joe Rogan. Because he has one doctor on his show, two doctors with a different point of view than the point of view he's been pushing the whole time. And something regardless of ivermectin, vaccine, mask, or whatever, we're all placating the narrative of fucking COVID still. 
We're all placating the idea that we have to be talked through fucking therapeutics for a cold. Like what's happening? What world are we in that fucking 700 days later, Joe Rogan finally says something? And now we're all like, yay, let's all get behind Joe Rogan. I wish you guys kept this energy when your friends were losing their fucking accounts left and right. 700 days later, where the fuck has Joe Rogan been? I'll tell you. He made his fucking money on the tit of Hollywood and then he ran to Texas so he can push a session with Elon Musk, the other person you guys seem to hero worship. The guy is literally out about putting Neuralink in your head. He is rewiring what Tesla means to you in your brain. You can't wait to have a car that drives itself, not thinking that they're going to turn that car off. Remember Joe Rogan, Mr. Muscle Car? And then remember him with Elon's dick in his mouth about how I love my electric car even more. I don't know, y'all. I see the long game here. Now let's end it with Mr. fucking Neil Young. Neil fucking Young is a CIA boob. Shill, whatever names you want to give it. Shadow government, fake creation. Same as the Grateful Dead. Same as Joni Mitchell. Same as every single person at a Laurel Canyon. The mamas and the papas. Stevie Nicks and everybody else in Fleetwood Mac. All these motherfuckers hang and broke bread with Charles Manson. They created the whole hippie movement for you so they could give you acid and who knows what kind of MK ultra brainwashing they did to the entire baby boomer generation. But it was good because they were the starts of where we're at now. Well, they probably weren't even the starts. They were just the next level. They took all these people, and let's say everybody doesn't start out. Let's say Joe Rogan, he doesn't start out bad. He just gets a TV show with Disney. He works on Just Shoot Me. Gets a television show called Fear Factor. Did you guys know Joe Rogan's in like a secret think tank super boy band group with Ben Shapiro? Yeah. It's real interesting. If you look at the like little subculture around Joe Rogan and all the celebrities, he's made celebrities. And then if you look at the little subculture around a guy like Neil Young and the way they all traveled together like little celebrities. And they all put on little events like Woodstock and concerts in San Francisco and they just passed out acid to a whole bunch of people and convinced them this certain thing happens there. Who knows? Who knows I think I could link the whole entire serial killer psyop all the way to Laurel Canyon who knows what they did with the music who knows what they do with the message who knows what they do with the art who knows who knows who knows who knows don't let them take your shit from you don't let them take your history from you we could go through every artist are you in love with Nirvana I could be like, Kurt Cobain could have been a good guy or he could have been literally raping retarded people. Do you listen to Nirvana? Are you never going to listen to Nirvana again? I love Hole. She probably killed Kurt <laughs> Cobain. She is probably a psyop on psyops. Courtney Love. I'm not going to not listen to Hole. When I saw Erica Badu at the Obama dinner without her mask on, remember when that happened last year? Erica Badu is my homegirl. 
Do you know how much of my past is Erica Badu? <laughs> I'm going to stop listening to Erica Badu. No. No, I'm not. I'm going to stand the same way I stand and I'm going to question everything. And I'm not turning on Erica Badu. I'm not turning on Neil Young or Joni Mitchell. And neither are any of Joe Rogan's fans. <laughs> None of them are listening. Not one real Joe Rogan fan is like, oh my God, I can't turn on Pave Paradise and put up a parking lot. Oh my gosh, I can't listen to Joni Mitchell. No one cares. It's just the next thing so we can pay attention to it. <laughs> More people were up in arms about Joe Rogan potentially getting taken off Spotify because some ancient fucking dude that no one who listens to Joe Rogan, most of them have never even heard of. More people were more offended by that than their democracy being ripped from them or the facts that their states have been shut down for over 700 days. Crazy train. How many of you took a hierarchy with this stance and then you still watch Disney movies? question questioning for a friend how many of you love steven spielberg asking for a friend you still watching tom hanks okay okay just wondering just how wondering or just wondering how righteous you want to get about this i'm going to tell you how righteous i get about it i probably watch more tom hanks movies than anyone and i think the dude could be the antichrist Sometimes it expands my imagination. Sometimes I'm just watching like a little detective. Sometimes I'm just sitting way back and looking for the narrative. I see this easy, easy, easy divide and conquer in America right now. They've used Neil Young since the beginning of time. Leonard Skinner wrote songs about it. <laughs> a Southern man don't need you around anyhow. <laughs> Same character. Everybody's surprised. And guess who's the new Southern man all of a sudden? We've allowed this New Yorker transplant to L.A. And in less than 700 days, he's become the fucking face of Texas. The new Southern man, Joe Rogan. Southern man don't need you around anyhow. I don't know. I'm not going to get involved in reindeer games. Joe Rogan has probably 80% truth. And the shit on there. Don't let Rogan become the face of your fucking message that you've been preaching. Before. Rogan knows all the same shit we know. Where's he been at in this whole game? Where's Rogan been? Don't let him. Because a lot of you have shows out there. Some of you fucking listen to a million shows out there. Some of you listen to shows that have been saying this shit for 700, 800 days. They've had their shows taken off platforms. Some of you listen to shows that aren't even allowed to be shown on fucking Spotify and you're still sticking up for Spotify now. You had arbiters of truth out there that if you would have listened to them, they never would have let you flip with the new world order like Joe Rogan. But you let them come and go off Spotify. It's still your favorite platform. Private company. Facebook, private company. Let's get the government involved. Please, government, come regulate. And all the same people that are like, Neil Young, how dare you say Spotify should take anyone's music off 
are the same people that are like, yeah, I'm excited the view took Whoopi off. Yeah, the view should take Whoopi off for saying something about anything Jewish. Good, good, good. Take her down, take her down. And then the same people that are all take her down, take her down are some of the people that are being anti-Semitic fucking people. Like, well, maybe it's all about the Jews. Maybe it's always about Zion. It's all roads lead back to Israel. They've got us all like jumping on our dualities, like the black white of the checkerboard Masonic floor. We're playing hopscotch from both sides to our brain, both sides of our morals, both sides of our upbringing, both sides of our feel good. I think it's Lindsay Rogueways that always says middle path, middle path, middle path. It's important to do that here, you guys. Don't let CNN or Fox or Joe Rogan or Howard Stern or Erica Badu dictate what your feels are. And it doesn't mean your feels are more or less valid because Joe Rogan or Neil fucking Young took that side. You've been saying this shit for 700 days. You've been saying this shit for 800 days. You've been saying this shit for 10 years. Kill your idols. Kill your idols. You want to look at the trucker thing? The trucker thing to me is a lot like Q or a lot like the insurrection. We could argue on whether or not it's real and whether or not it's psyops and we could get into all the debate about these things. Or we could say it doesn't matter whether it started out as real or not. It's fucking real now. It's fucking real, real now. And these people are all showing up and showing you that the ants have always had fucking control. Always. Always. We always have and we always will. It's not fucking Joe Rogan. It's your fucking brothers and sisters, your moms and dads, friends and neighbors. It's people that have fucking kept their businesses open no matter what. It's people with the big mouse that have showed up on microphones and with bullhorns, even though they've had eyes rolled at them and, uh, you know, vandalism done to them. people that are showing up every day for loved ones in their life even though they just want to cover themselves in fucking blankets (laughs) some people want to cover themselves in blankets and then gasoline and then light it on fire and they're still showing up every day for the people around them and some people are showing up extra not just for the people around them they might be sitting in a fucking truck somewhere in the freezing fucking cold right now And it's going to get colder. And these truckers are our lifeline of our country. I don't want to speak for Canada. I'll just speak for the United States of America. They have been our whole lifetimes. The Amazon truckers aren't showing up at this right now. The Walmart truckers aren't showing up at this right now. The Wayfair truckers, you don't see any Wayfair trucks in this line.
private contractors and mom and pop business kind of truckers. And so if you really support them, keep supporting them and you help them by making sure you're prepared if they can't show up and do their job for the next few weeks, which is be the lifeline of our country. So if you like the idea of a freedom convoy, give those truckers the freedom to not be providing your necessities right now. Do you have water? Do you have enough food to feed your family? For every day they're there, you need that in your house. That's what you can be doing to take part, even if you're not in this. Because every day that they're there, your gas is going to get lower and your food is going to get lower. Your medical supplies are going to get lower. And I'm not spreading panic. I love preparedness. I think preparedness is how you take away panic. Having your family prepared for a few weeks is how when the news starts putting pressure and government officials start putting pressure on these dudes, you're ready to go out into your yard or go out into your streets or go out to wherever and not fold. You're fed and you're warm and you're ready to maybe bring them extra. Because for this to really go down, it's never been for the rest of the world to wait on see what Florida does or the rest of the world to wait and see if Australia opens or not or the rest of the world to wait and see. We really hope Canada pulls through with this trucker convoy. We really hope those insurrectionists, um, you know, really um, get into the Capitol. I wish I could have been there. We really hope, we really hope, we really hope. No, we all need to take our parts. This is how it works. And it's not mask and vax and black and white and fucking conservative and Democrat and all these things. No, it's us versus them. Us versus them. It doesn't matter what your friend's political views are or what they fucking voted for yesteryear. It is the elite who want to divide us. They want to for us to live on fear instead of love and us to take it all back. And you have all the fucking power in the fucking world to take it back. You don't need a semi. You just need your voice. You just need your heart. You just need your head. You just need each other. This ship has already turned. We have already turned this Titanic around. The politicians and the prime ministers, and the fucking queens, the governors. They have no fucking choice anymore. They are with us or they are against us. It is loud and clear after 700 days who is against us. You are your own William Wallace. <laughs> you are your own Joe Rogan. You are your own Donald Trump. We got this shit. We got this shit. <sighs> okay. Something kind of funny. <laughs> I have some interviews that I've recorded for you guys. 
I knew <laughs> this was not going to be a show I put an interview on. I had some dust I had to shake out of my mental rug and I didn't want to put anybody else on. I didn't want them to have to feel this energy. I have other stuff. We'll save it. We'll save it. Blah, blah, blah. Let's see. Um, North Korea. Fake missiles into the sea is on my list. I kind of talked about that for a moment. I just don't believe in the PSYOP called North Korea. I am actually getting to a place where I question the legitimacy of places that you have to travel to and only pilgrimage to certain spots. I feel like this shadow government of CIA, Mossad, MI6, whatever fucking name you want to give it, that exists over us, the aliens, the demons, the overlords, I don't know, but you guys know what I'm talking about, this L-E-T that exists over us. Um, they all work together. I don't think it's dissected by countries. We're the only ones that think we're dissected by countries. So I don't believe in North Korea. I question a lot of other countries out there, and I think that some of them were actually created in our very modern history um, after other CIA operations that look like wars. But that is a big, huge topic. Like if I was going to open every can of worms <laughs> in my life today, but um, <laughs> I'm going to name this episode Mein Kampf. <laughs> Speaking of book burning, <laughs> my struggle is going to be the name of this episode. Can you fucking imagine the shit show? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's kind of funny, but I'm not going to do it. Oh, um, DDD. I miss road trips. I miss road trips a lot. I have on here road tripping with Mo and Murr, sleeping in airports and gas stations. <laughs> we would sleep in hospitals and airports and all these places that after 9-11 made it kind of difficult um, to really be free in the United States. But there was a time where we could just hop around anywhere and there was these very public places that as young girls, we could like sleep in those places and not have to get hotel rooms sometimes. And we would absorb all this music into our head and we would sit maybe actually listening to the crusty um, hippie music of uh, the week <laughs> uh, it reminded me of this time of when we were like kind of crusty hippies and just the freedom of every single state in this country just felt like mine. It felt like I could go anywhere I wanted. It felt like even Canada, the amount of times I just whoop on whim, I'm just going to go to Canada. It just felt like we could go wherever and it does not feel that way anymore. I remember when I went to D.C. and some of the states up there, I couldn't almost wait. It was like being in a third world country where I was like, don't get pulled over here. Don't get pulled over here. And how much better I feel about like some southern or some where my vantage point where I think perspective is so funny. My vantage point was these country states that I used to as just a gay person was like, oh, my God, please. I don't want to stop in Kentucky for gas. Now my freedom, uh, quote unquote, patriot self is like, oh, well, can we stay in country states the whole time? Uh, friend of mine, Alex, you guys hear me talk about her. 
uh, we're driving to Tennessee. We're going to go to Sam Tripoli's show. But first and foremost, we're going to hang out with My Maria 777. We're going to record some stuff. We're thinking we might do like a video silly vlog thing and take you guys along with. And uh, yeah, if you're in the area of, I believe it's Nashville, Tennessee, you can look up samtripoli.com and you can get tickets to his show. It would be super fun to sell it out and see some of you guys there and meet some of my Maria's fans and obviously meet a whole bunch of the motherfucking swarm because I'm an OG swarm member and I never really talk a lot in the swarm groups, but it is where I um, got part of my water wings and sea legs for conspiracy podcasting. So I love Sam Tripoli. I really appreciate the vastness of Tim Fola Hat. Some of my uh, most magical friends I met because of that podcast. So, um, yeah. Anyways, if you're in the Tennessee area, let's all hang out. Let's smoke a blunt. Let's talk a big idea. Let's hug in real life. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's more on that to come. I'm definitely going to talk about it more over the next few weeks. And, uh, but I did want to start the talk a little bit. Um, one of the weird things, uh, I've told you guys about watching Hereditary and, uh, Midsummer. One of the things in, one of the things in Hereditary, Hereditary, I always say the word wrong too. It's one of those words like, um, ossificus. I don't even know if I said that right that time, <laughs> but hereditary, uh, I always want to say heredity, but she does these like small little model house things, which is very similar as Beetlejuice, uh, Alec Baldwin's character and Beetlejuice has that big model laid out in front of him, which is also very similar as like Tyron. I think it's Tywin, Tywin Lannister. Is that the dad? He would play out all the battle scenes. So it, uh, the Khaleesi, but I think there is definitely some magic to this little figure and playing out something. It's almost like a voodoo doll. And I notice it in a lot of shows now. And maybe you guys have more shows to point out, but there is something about carving little figures, making little dolls, making little structures. And in the shows, they always show how something, you know, tragic happens to the structure and then it happens in real life and I think they put this kind of weird truth in plain sight and magic uh all around that we're just like oh this is a scary movie this ain't real but it's all to make us not mess with things it's all to make us not dibble dabble it's to give us like the only thing that will come out of this stuff is bad and uh I just find it funny how many shows I notice it in uh, what else do I want to talk to you guys about today? I've listened to, um, not just Neil Young and Joni Mitchell all week. Not just, I haven't listened to just music owned by Pfizer and BlackRock all week. Okay. <laughs> Which I could also get into why it was so important that they kill Michael Jackson. 
Like this is a big, huge thing. Music control is a big, huge thing. And there was nobody alive that was about to own more fucking music than Michael Jackson. He was about to walk away clean from Sony after the this is it. He had like two more shows left on this fucking tour. And he was about to walk away and he was going to walk away owning more than half of Sony music. And he's one of the people that be after, right after he dies, they come out with this docu-series. They fucking make the world think he's shit. They go to his mom, who is like the heir kind of his estate, but his kids were the ones that were going to get the money. And they end up buying his whole entire catalog. Now, fifty over 50% of Sony music, they end up buying the whole catalog for $825 million. Now, this being said, look how much we look at some of these... Um, celebrities and how much they're worth look at some of these musicians and how much they're worth now just two of the infinite amount of catalog that michael would have owned were the entire beatles catalog and the entire elvis catalog and now i could also say the entire michael jackson catalog this stuff is so important. It's important for them to continue to dictate whatever is in these tunes. It's charming to us. Like there's certain notes and waves of music that they know and there's real magic in it. And before the whole shit went down with Michael Jackson, everyone, Michael Jackson was like, heal the world, make it a better place. Like all his shit was about kids and fucking love. And now look at the first thing you think of when you think of him. This is a big, huge thing they like to do with your idols because it makes you question everything that you attach to that emotion, not the person. Everything you attach to the song that used to be like, oh my gosh, I remember me and my siblings standing on the bed and making all this blah, blah, blah. It makes you just pedophile, pedophile, pedophile. It's like this, almost like this, such an ugly too, ugly, ugly. They like to do this so much with the art. Um, so I have been listening to other music this week. I've been listening to the Postal Service Give Up album. <laughs> so emo. But you guys should totally check it out. If you were ever like a Death Cab fan or um, you might know who the Postal Service is, but you might not have listened to the Postal Service in a very long time. It is pretty uh, special lyrically. I look a lot. I said Bill Cosby. <clears throat> I've been watching um, like a docu-series about African-Americans talking about, well, not just African-Americans, comedians too, and um, talking about like, can we have the conversation about Bill Cosby now? And because of the way they rolled this guy, and everybody was on it. Not that it didn't happen, but I don't necessarily believe that it happened. <laughs> and you're like, well, there's so much of it that I'm like, yeah, obviously a guy with power in Hollywood uh, fucked up all these women. I can totally see that. I see that narrative. I'm a contrarian. You guys know this right or wrong or indifferent. It's just my brain always has to ask this other question. I can see how painful it is for the African-American community to make Bill Cosby this from what he was. As painful as I can see for me. He was America's dad. He like represented almost like <clears throat> this kind, funny dad that was going to discipline you, but then also expect that you were going to do right. 
it was almost at the same time that they were um, taking Bill Cosby, that America's dad, out of our zeitgeist. They were just taking dads out of the zeitgeist in general. That energy of just what it meant to be like a safe, masculine father figure. And it not be like alpha brain lets whoever does the sports the best. No, like there was something very different about Bill Cosby. There was something very different um, about his expectation on his children. If you ever grew up in the Cosby show. So I can see, you know, people even older than us. They grew up on Fat Albert. They, you know, I remember watching Nickelodeon and watching like Picture Page. And, uh. Yeah. I can see how they would roll somebody. But I am very curious. And HBO is all full of shitty documentaries and rewriting a history. I have great tools of discernment to take something in and decide if I want to watch it or not. And yeah. Maybe Bill Cosby is a good example of a hero we've all killed. Maybe somewhere in all of our past, if we're honest, we all had this different place of Bill Cosby. And I just think it's a good thing to let's kill our friends and family less. <laughs> and I don't mean, I obviously mean not literally everyone, even though it's been a rough show, you know. Uh, and let's kill our idols more. Um. Something that I learned in the last few weeks that I thought was really interesting and I just wanted to put a little seed in your head about it. Uh, did you guys know that, okay, you're like born, you get your mom and dad's stem cells. If you're like the second oldest, you get your mom and dad's stem cells and the older siblings stem cells. And then if you're like the next, you get the other siblings and parents stem cells. I didn't know this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I definitely felt it was kind of amazing. And I thought it was so curious and connections that the little um, younger siblings have to their older siblings. Uh, 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 um, blah, blah, blah. We've talked to you about two wings, same bird. Yes, 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 yes. I will not let you say, though, that the other side of an Obama mirror is the Trump mirror. The other side of the Obama mirror is the Bush mirror. <laughs> um, yeah. There's a chaos agent involved here, for right or wrong. But it's not. It's like there's two wings of the same bird and then a chaos agent. It is still yet to be determined if that chaos agent gives a fuck about us or in the same way as the Joe Rogans and the Qs. If he's just there to catch the fringe. <laughs> I found out another thing this week. Because um, I always tout off like you're going to um, worship a whole book and you don't even know who King James is. I always talk to Christians about this. Who's King James? They never know. <laughs> and I was on with Kara Mosher and she's like, who's King James? And I'm like, I don't know. 
<laughs> so um, I have a rad people that listen to my show or listen to me on Kara Mosher and they sent me this whole bunch of stuff about King James. And so I got to geek out, which I think is a killer story. And it should be no surprise to you that, of course, it has to do with a Mary. And King James is said to be the son of Mary, Queen of Scots. Mary, Queen of Scots is the decapitated, once Queen of Scotland, sister, half-sister, whatever, cousin, sorry, of Queen Elizabeth, the illegitimate daughter of Henry VIII, daughter of Anne Boleyn. It is said that Queen Elizabeth II is the reincarnate of Queen Elizabeth I, and there's also things on this podcast, if you've listened before, but I will reiterate, if you take the skull of something, you there's ways to retain the magic of that thing. So Mary, Queen of Scots, she has a son named King James, and King James rewrites the Bible that most of you know. An interesting thing here is we all know Mary, Queen of Scots, was a Catholic. The only way for all the Catholics to bow to Queen Elizabeth the Protestant was to give them the illusion that an heir of Mary's was somehow involved in this thing, in my opinion. I believe Catholicism, as you know it today, is a mix of Protestant and pagan. I think they laugh at all the people that think it's Catholic. And so, yeah, that is a little bit about King James. I thought it was interesting. I thought you guys would like it. I'm also going to touch on this real quick. Might as well go here. You guys, online bullying is such bullshit. It's so weak. And doxing people and doxing people's businesses and doxing people's family members. It's so weak. It's so petty. The people doing this don't have anything better to do in their time. It's funny to me that the people that are um, online bullying other people are uh, all touting off as Christians. It's odd. It's very odd. Very odd. I used to have a friend that um, would recite, uh, shit, who was it? Was it John Lennon that said it? Is um, Jesus is an all right guy. It's his followers that scare the shit out of me. (laughs) Ay, 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 people. Find some kindness, man. Everybody has so much hate in their heart. Your life is going okay. If you can sit and argue about the legitimacy of General Flynn and uh, fucking Lynn, if you're sitting there arguing about the legitimacy of some of these people, your life is going so okay. You got more than enough time on your hands. Your whole family's getting fed. Your lights are on and you're staying warm at night. You should be have so much gratitude with how good life is. Some of the silly things. Some of you are listening to that like, what are you talking about, Flynn and Lynn? The people who know, know. It's just ridiculous. Ah, divide and conquer, divide and conquer. Mm-mm-mm. 
Trump said some weird thing about how he was 45 and 47. I'm going to say it again. I'm not voting in another American election. I'm not taking part. I'm taking no part in that thing unless the last thing's fixed. Otherwise, I'm just silly. I'm wasting my time and wasting my energy. What are we doing here? I don't have time for that anymore. So fix what's there. I don't want to hear about number 47. Unless there's an asterisk by 46, but I don't even understand how you get an asterisk for a cheat. I don't even need to beat this in the ground. Who gives a fuck about that? I don't even care. I don't need any of my energy on it. Okay. What do I want to end this with? Okay. I know what I'm going to end it with. You guys, thanks for bearing with me on this episode, first of all. I promise that I have some fun, lighthearted, um, silly stuff ahead. I can't promise that I'm not going to get emo and sappy again in the future. I own that I could be very wrong about every opinion, feeling, and emotion I expressed here today. I own it ahead of time. Maybe it's one of the things of recording and putting it out there. As my shadow work immediately after release, it starts and it is what it is. It's my authentic, awkward self. In their words, I needed to say, and you guys have been fucking great and the energy I feel and like the support I feel from you. It gives me the courage to say it. And even though I like express vulnerability with you guys, I don't want you to think if you disagree with me every way um, in the world, you can still write me that stuff. You don't have to treat me delicate. I have a good support system around me and I have, um, you know, uh, you guys and myself and my own trauma healing and my own journey and my, uh, yeah. Did I tell you guys I did yoga today? I haven't exercised in a long time. I was shaky afterward. Like strong and flexible were not two of the adjectives I would use to describe myself of late. But I'm going to try to do like 20 days of yoga straight. (laughs) I'm going to treat my body very good for a few weeks and then treat my body very bad for a few days. <laughs> it's like my Burt Kreischer method. Ugh. Okay, the last thing I want to talk to you about so I don't end it on such a weird um, blah. I have been philosophizing vampires. <laughs> you know, we always are like, vampires live forever. They may or may not fly. They... Um, obviously have to drink human blood and there's this you know we have this it's a monster but 
some people believe in reincarnation and every 70 to 100 years they live a loop and they come back they don't remember anything and then they're here again going through all this stuff a vampire just kind of gets all that time added together like they never forget all the stuff they learned they get to remember the piano and remember um, great poetry and they get to remember every amazing love now, obviously, the juxtaposition here is the human blood. But if you use your vampire powers, whatever they may be, your flight and your strength, to be kind of a hero force for some humans, could you find a subculture of humans that maybe willingly gave their blood to you in a, you know, like a blood draw, like a red cross? Could you have them donate like, oh, I'm willing. Um, vampire Cheney keeps the fucking neighborhood safe in Brooklyn. <laughs> Cheney, the Florida vampire, she keeps it safe around here. So um, we willingly donate blood to her so she doesn't ever have to get really hungry and commit murder. <laughs> oh, shit. And then you're like, how long would it be till you got bored? Would it be too devastating because you really falling in love with people and them aging and you not? And then it is kind of a cruelty if you are a vampire that's under a certain age. Like um, Homegirl on Interview with a Vampire, Kirsten Dunst. Like that's kind of cruel. It gives them to the same philosophy of Sprite from the Eternals, from the Eternals, where it's uh, if you're young and if I'm going to travel with you, like let's say you're really a thousand years old, but you look 12. If I'm going to travel with you, we almost have to move more frequently because you don't age. Interesting. The vampire philosophy. There would be some rules like you might love to live in a place like Alaska or even more so I've thought about if you were going to live this eternal life of vampire. Antarctica has like four solid months of darkness. So it would almost be a perfect place for them to build refuge. And then I was thinking about for vampires, you know, they have to sleep in a fucking coffin or something. But what about if you were just underground and you took the sun out of the equation altogether? What about if you just built a big city with... um artificial light underground it's kind of crazy how many conspiracies you can connect if you just want to play in the philosophy of vampire <clears throat> i hope um this show <laughs> wasn't the weirdest show in the whole world i um hope somewhere you can relate i hope somewhere um you find a little seed or a kernel of a question or idea or something that makes your imagination spiral. And if it does spiral, maybe just not your imagination, maybe your feelings or your heart or something else too, please write me somewhere. Please reach out. You can find me at Cheney in Wonderland or Project Cheney on Instagram. You can find me at Project Cheney or Cheney Project on Twitter. You can find me in the Project Cheney Telegram channel. And um, there's a lot of really great people in there that I almost wanted to share it here because I felt like if I shared it there, I might never say it again. And I wanted to say it. 
don't kill yourself today or tomorrow or whatever day you're listening to this. It does fucking get better. And maybe sometimes it gets worse, but when it gets worse, you're going to be ready for that too. And if you're not ready, God's going to put someone around you that loves you enough to help. You just have to be vulnerable enough to take it. And if you're an asshole out there right now that you're like, oh, God, source, blah, new age. Like, if you want to fucking dissect that word right now, you, I, I'm just not even going to. I'll just. <laughs> if you know. Anyways, I really do love you guys. I send you the best energy this week. I have so many other shows planned for you. I have some really fun guests I can't wait to release for you. I have some fun interviews I've already done. I have some impromptu stuff that I kind of want to um, take part in. And uh, yeah, you can find everything and all my links. And if you ever want to show a friend at projectchaney.com. So before I leave, my exercise for you this week is release yourself of your idol owning the art and whatever emotion that you guys have attached to whatever, you're allowed to have that emotion free of whatever devil or whatever demon or whatever low energy or whatever just fucking human person sang it. Or said it. Or did it. We all have the ability to touch the source. And ether. And God. And create beautiful things. So. If you didn't create something beautiful last week. It is February. It's a little too early to germinate anything. But you know what you could do? You could blueprint somewhere that you can plant something soon. If you're in a small apartment in some big city or some country with not a lot of space, you can window box some herbs. If you have more space and you've been talking about um, your tomato and pepper boxes and whatever, maybe start figuring out in the yard where those are going to be. We only have a couple weeks till spring, you guys. The last four weeks before the sun, sun and daffodils and tulips start coming out is going to be... Whew, we're going to have to put it in. We're going to have to put in the work to make it through. That's why February is such a short month. Because it's the hardest one to get through. <laughs> That's why they start it with Groundhog's Day. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. All the best, you guys. I hope you come back and listen to me next time. Bye-bye. So she has been Chaney, and now she's off to smoke a blunt. See you next Tuesday, you fucking cunts.